Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the Tech Leadership Decoded podcast, the podcast where through conversations we unravel the intricacies of leadership in the tech industry and provide insights on how to become a top performing leader. Today we are in conversation with Steve Dwyer, an entrepreneur and technology leader professional coach and we explore the topic of personal growth and how you as a leader can take the time to step away from managing others and take that much needed time to reflect on yourself. But before we can start the conversation, can I ask a quick favour? If you like this conversation and the podcast as a whole, please do remember to subscribe on your favourite player and share a link to this episode on your social media sites so we can reach even more amazing technology leaders like yourself. Thank you. And with that, let's just jump straight into today's episode. Okay, and thank you for joining me today, Steve. Hope you're having a great uh, morning for you, evening for me. (laughs) Um, Thanks so so much. Appreciate uh, being invited. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And today I've got you on to talk about um, how can I work on my personal growth as a technical leader, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. but leader, technical leader in brackets. Um, But before we get into that conversation, do you just want to give everyone your five minute, this is your life intro? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Um, So I, I spent probably little over 20 years leading software engineering and IT teams in the corporate world, uh, everything from a, a tiny little startup to a Fortune 100 company. And what I discovered during that time is that most engineers weren't prepared for that internal change that they needed to be successful as they moved up in leadership, myself included. You know, I wasn't <laughs> prepared for that. And many of the people who promoted me were focused on their own deliverables. They didn't really know how to coach the leaders who reported to them, or or maybe they had too many direct reports to truly be able to invest in us, or they just assumed that we already knew how to lead or we'd figured out on our own. Um, You had um, Kevin Ball on... um, back in episode three, I think it was. And he talked about growth focused management. Yeah. But the unfortunate reality is that very few of us as growing leaders actually had or have that kind of a growth focused manager to help us figure things out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the way I was. But in about 20, well, 2013, I started realizing that I wanted to do something more than just being in the corporate world. So I started my own software as a service startup. Mm-hmm. And come 2022, I realized I can't keep doing both at the same time. Yeah. So I left the corporate world, focused on the startup, had a bunch of growing there as I realized that the market I was going after was underserved specifically because they didn't want the kind of service <laughs> I was trying to offer. Right. So it was through that that I hired a professional coach to help me figure out what do I do with this? And through that process, I learned I didn't really miss writing code. Mm-hmm. I didn't really miss managing infrastructure. But what I really missed was having one-on-one conversations with the people who reported to me and seeing them grow and change and get promoted. And 
I realized I just hired a guy to spend the next year having one-on-one -on -one conversations with me. This is a profession. <laughs> this is how I want to spend the next chapter of my life. And so that's where my passion for this personal internal growth has come from. And that's when I, when I saw your uh, message on Slack channel, I said, that, that looks like a good opportunity to help people with that internal personal growth. Mm -hmm. So in it, for personal growth, where do you think that differs from just generic professional development? And in that essence, why do you think leaders need to prioritize that mm -hmm. personal growth? Yeah, I, I like that you distinguished professional from personal. They are different things, though there is a huge interaction between the two of them. So when we talk about professional development, yes, that's you know, learning and practicing of specific job-related skills. When we talk about personal development, I'm talking about more the internal issues such as a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset or mm -hmm. things like imposter syndrome or the ability to choose one's habits more than the specific habits themselves. So it's, it's been said that we are human beings, not human doings. And yes, there's certainly a relationship between the two, because to some degree, we do what we're doing because of who we have been being. Mm -hmm. And it's just as true that to some degree, we are who we are being because of what we have been doing. James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits he describes that circular influence between our habits and our identity. And as I read his explanation, I understand that the habits are the doing, that identity is the being. Mm -hmm. and, and practically, all of that leadership development that I experienced in my career, it was focused on the doing side of things. People weren't equipped to talk about the being side. A lot of companies have mentorship programs, and those focus on that doing side. Uh, I think it was your very first episode. You had Aaron Fox talk about how to go about getting a mentor if you if you want that. And there, there are great opportunities to learn from somebody who's succeeded in that path that you're traveling. Yeah. Because that mentor's area of expertise is in that skill that you're being mentored on. Um, and, and if that's the kind of professional development you're looking for, then yeah, mentor is a great choice. And often larger companies, they will have an entire department that they refer to as learning and development. Oftentimes mm -hmm. that's part of HR or people operations. But historically, learning and development really translated into training. And that was about it. And again, much of that training was focused on safety, security, legal compliance. Yeah. Th Dude, things that a year. company <laughs> has to do in order to manage the risk of having so many employees. Yeah. Um, and, and even when a learning and development topic does start to get more internal, such as you know, let's, let's explore emotional intelligence or employee engagement or having crucial conversations, things like that. Even the internal personal development programs tend to take the form of things like computer-based training or at most a two to three day live workshop 
and some of them will include periods of hands-on practice or role play and that 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 does help to kind of ingrain that training more than just a lecture but it's still often focused on practicing a certain habit or a practice of doing but as we're growing as leaders we often find ourselves stuck trying to adopt that new way of doing because of that more internal way of being. And that's where I see that internal personal development having the biggest impact. Because even a group workshop over a period of a few days, it's just not structured to help a person with lasting growth in that being. So one, one trend we are starting to see, and, and this is a positive in my opinion, is that more and more companies are starting to bring in professionally trained coaches or maybe even just getting professional coach training mm-hmm. for their learning and development team members. Yep. And, and, and even some department managers are getting training and professional coaching so that they're equipped to help team members with those internal changes that'll help them succeed. And so that helps fill in the gap that we've seen so often where executives get this kind of coaching that comes from the outside to help them with that internal issue and those leaders closer to the front lines tend to miss out well that that's starting to change and so that's uh that that's a positive trend in my opinion as as a leader that's looking to start a personal growth (laughs) what where do i start what's the first thing in your journal that i should be doing that sets me on the path I'd say the, the, if we look at first thing, it's really about identifying what is the goal. Mm-hmm. You, you, want, you want personal growth, but for what reason? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just having breakfast this morning with a gentleman, and he shared this metaphor that he's going to be presenting uh, coming up to a, a leadership group. I thought mm-hmm. it, was, it was really effective. Try to try to envision. Uh, he had a really thick rubber band. It was the kind used for exercise or physical therapy. A big stretchy band. Yeah. Let me put my thumbs in it and stretch it out. And he said, "Anchor your right hand to the edge of the desk. Imagine that as your current state, and then you stretch it out as far as you can." And that's, you know, that's the vision that you have for the future. And you feel that tension. If your right hand is anchored in where you are, mm-hmm. what's going to happen is your vision for the future is going to retract and get pulled back. And it's going to keep moving and becoming less and less. But if you can anchor your other thumb on the vision where you want to be, and you lift up the anchor from your right hand, then your current state will naturally tend to move towards that vision. So really the where to start is first identify what is that gap you want to close? What's that compelling vision that's going to draw you into a change? Mm-hmm. Okay, so discover your high level goals or mm-hmm. find out what your goals are. And then I guess we look at finding the gaps in our um areas of expertise or areas of interest or whatever and then try and find places to fill that knowledge is that am i reading that right right that, that yeah that's a that's a good high level often you know when i'm 
when I work with somebody, I will start with an assessment mm -hmm. that really helps people get a clearer picture of the inside of them. Um, okay. There's a, there's a saying, we kind of live inside a bottle. And when you live in the bottle, it's really hard to read the label. Uh, so it's clever. <laughs> it's helpful to get somebody outside. And that's where a, a professional coach or somebody with that kind of training mm -hmm. is very helpful. And so different kinds of assessments are helpful for that to be able to explore what are your strengths? What are your interests? Uh, what are the, the things that you've that you personally find fulfilling? What's your satisfaction level with all these different areas? Because sometimes, especially in the, in the corporate environment, when we're thinking about personal growth in a professional environment, we tend to wear these blinders and focus only on professional development in the corporate environment and not think about the impact that physical health, relationships, mm -hmm. family, financial freedom, spiritual health, mental health, all of those different things have an effect. And so spending the time to actually investigate all those different areas and say, how, how satisfied am I with these areas and identify not just the skills gaps, but the fulfillment gaps, and then look for the patterns about where, where are some things in common and then identify of those areas, where are the areas that I feel compelled now, having seen this, where do I feel compelled to invest mm -hmm. where it's not, it's not going to be my boss or some, um, some website that says here is the effective way or the best way to do something. It's not going to be some standard driving me toward that improvement. It's going to be a, a personal attachment to that goal that draws me to it. So identifying those areas would be that next step. Mm -hmm. What I'm thinking, what I'm hearing is like personal growth obviously involves kind of like stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, in, in, into something that you're not either not used to or you're afraid to, to to attack really do you have any kind of like advice that you could give for people for like trying new approaches taking risks um, that kind of aspect I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing but it, it, it is something like the treasure just to remember the treasure that you're after mm -hmm. is in the place that you're afraid to go Okay, that's very interesting. I'll definitely look that up to see. <laughs> it, it was the exact it's one, something yeah. like something yeah. like that. But I mean, you you picture a cave, um, yeah. That that you're you're afraid to enter into that area, but uh, the most compelling visions are tend to be on the other side of it, and it's when we are only half-heartedly interested in the goal that it's so easy for us to let go of it and, and stay in our comfort zone. So back to that metaphor that um, the gentleman presented to me just this morning at breakfast. If your anchor is current state, mm -hmm. and you're constantly looking at, well, this is the way things are. This is who I am. Re looking at with a what we call the fixed mindset, 
so many of the assessments that I've seen like to put labels on people, you know, the, the disc, you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a high C on the disc assessment, or I'm an INTJ, or I'm a, I'm a number four on the Enneagram or whatever, whatever it is. I personally don't like the assessments that put labels on people. Mm -hmm. It, a lot of people, it works for them, but for me, that label tends to emphasize and reinforce that identity that's associated with current state. Yeah. Rather than keeping that focus on this is, this is the area I want to be at. This is the goal and constantly reminding yourself of that goal gives yeah. that draw to take those steps into those comfort zones mm -hmm. or out of the comfort zone. Excuse me. Yeah. Earlier you mentioned a couple of phrases that I think would be interesting to just mention because we haven't heard of them so far on the podcast which is um fixed and growth mindset mm. and imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and could you just quickly explain like in a couple of sentences what each of those mean so that we can uh sure. see how that affects your personal growth sure um fixed versus growth mindset and the the science on this is um i don't want to say the science is changing but they're discovering um discovering new things around this arena. But generally speaking, a fixed mindset is one that says, this is who I am. My identity is fixed. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to have to learn to deal with it because this is who I am. Um, and I can never accomplish whatever because, for example, back in 2013, my identity was I am a software guy. Yeah. So if I'm going to start something new, it's going to be by developing software and building that. And that's because that's who I am. But a growth mindset is one that recognizes I can look ahead and I can set a goal and have a dream that's bigger than who I am today. And mm -hmm. I'm capable of becoming that person, even if that's not who I am today. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is somewhat related. Uh, the way I like to describe it is many times when somebody becomes a manager or especially when they become a manager of managers and they're, or they're, they're, they're the director mm -hmm. and they go to that first staff meeting with the other directors. And that feeling is, I finally have a seat at the table, but I feel like I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. And the result is that that person, they show up at the meeting and they stay silent. Yeah. They're not ready to voice their perspective. And what happens is the company misses out on the value of a perspective that comes from the peoples and the teams and the, or the product line or whatever their area of responsibility doesn't get represented because they feel like everybody else has this figured out. And I'm the only one who feels like I have no idea what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. and, and especially moving into people management skills, when you thought you just got promoted and you discover that you actually completely changed careers, <laughs> that entering into that, especially when you didn't get the kind of training and coaching and reinforcing that is starting to become a trend now. 
you enter in, you think, well, everybody else knows how you're supposed to have one-on-ones. Everybody else knows how feedback is supposed to work. All of my peers have this figured out, and I'm the only one who doesn't know. And I'm afraid to ask any questions because I don't want people to realize that I'm a fraud. Mm. And that belief, that fear of being found out as a fraud is one of those things that keeps people from progressing in both personal growth and in professional growth. Yeah. I think this is something that I've, I've noticed over the very short years that I've been alive and <laughs> working, but um, is that a lot of companies, a lot of people are in the positions they're in because they've grown with the company or they've just naturally progressed through their career. But like you say, a lot of companies are not set up to help you when you progress to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, if there's something to tell anyone that's listening, it's that, you know, we've all been there. We all get, <laughs> we all get pushed to a, a new role or a, we take on new responsibilities. And unfortunately I'm the kind of person that thrives in not knowing what I'm like, not understanding or not knowing things. Cause I like to learn. So mm-hmm. when I start a new role, I'm very much like, okay, I want to know everything absorbed. So like this podcast, right. I go out there and I read books and I read everything I try and absorb, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are not that, mindset and like you say have this kind of imposter syndrome that they're not ready for it but we're all in that boat and i think mm-hmm. um i think companies in general need to get better at even i think smaller ones i know that a lot of big companies have these kind of processes in place but i think a lot of smaller ones definitely need um help in just setting up these kind of like onboarding kind of coaching um mm-hmm. aspects when they move roles if and hopefully that means that They'll approach people like you and others who have these facilities in place so they don't have to hire someone full-time in their own organization, right? Yeah, um, especially in the smaller ones when yeah. almost every role is fractional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The smaller you get, the more fractional your role, right? right. <laughs> but um, so I've had a quick look at your website um, and I'll put the links in the show notes to everything so mm-hmm. they can go see your coaching services. But I thought what I found interesting was that your coaching has um, two pillars, which is alignment and advancement. And I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Is there a way, can you tell us what the difference between the two is? It's, it's really about two different goals. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, especially those who are coming to me individually and paying for their own coaching, yeah. Sometimes they're looking at their role at their job and they're saying, I don't know if I even want to be here. I don't know if this is the right place for me. And they are exploring possibly even changing careers, changing jobs. And so that's very much more of a personal development side yeah. of things. And so that that's what we would explore during that coaching engagement. Or for those who say, I know this, or I believe this is where I want to be, and I want to get promoted. I want to be able to advance, um, but either um, I haven't had the opportunity, or I don't believe I'm ready, or I think I'm ready, but nobody else seems to be noticing that, and I keep getting passed over for a promotion. Mm-hmm. So that would be that other that other pillar. the The approach. And the, the tools and the techniques are really the same. It's just recognizing two different kinds of future state that people are looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Interesting. Um, so I imagine that on my journey of personal growth, um, I'm on my own one. Part of this mm-hmm. podcast is part of that journey. Um, but you're going to inevitably be hit with setbacks. You're going to face challenges. Mm-hmm. You're going to, there are going to be some tough points. Do you have any, uh, like, techniques on how we can turn those negative or into like a positive experience or how can we get the best from it? Well, first of all, congratulations for stepping into that discomfort zone and starting the journey. I think that's one of the biggest things that people fail at is even taking that first step. Yeah. And you've taken more than that first step because you've, you've reached out, I am not your first podcast guest. <laughs> you know, you've, <laughs> you've, you've been exploring that. The second thing is something that you have already recognized. You, you said it yourself. We all experience these things. These setbacks mm-hmm. are common. Um, everybody faces the setback. I love a quote from Zig Ziglar. He says, and I'm, I'm saying this from memory, so it's going to be something like this but it's failure is an event, not a person. Okay. So the failure is something that happened. It is not who you are. You're not a failure. The experiment didn't get the results (laughs) that you hoped it had. Um, Yeah. And and so remembering that, and, and I even hesitate to use the word failure because there are several different people who come at this different way. Oh, embrace failure. Cause, because unless you fail over and over again, you're never going to get to success. Mm-hmm. And other people say, Oh, it's not failure. It's just learning. And would they, they choose not to use the word failure just because for many people, it has an emotional component to it. Whichever way you choose to use the word failure, When you do experience that, you use the word setback, that experiment, that activity that didn't have the results that you were hoping for, just ask yourself, what do I learn from this? And what will I do differently as a result of what I just learned? Um, I I just posted uh, this morning... Uh, article about feedback and how when we look at feedback as a past focused exercise, Mm -hmm. then it can drive that negative spiral. But when we are disciplined to look at feedback as always forward looking, always in terms of what future behavior are we going to encourage as a result of this? It helps re-anchor that attention on that goal that we're trying to achieve. And as long as we keep that goal anchored back to that image of the, that stretchy band from, mm. from this morning, then that will draw our current state closer towards that, that goal that we've envisioned for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think, on it must be Instagram, Twitter, one of those social medias. I saw like an image um, that had someone said, um, "How do you get so good?" And they said, "Experience." And they said, "How how did you get the experience?" And they said, "I fouled a lot." <laughs> I think that was. I thought that was very interesting because it, yeah, every, 
whenever I, I listen to a lot of podcasts around um, like people that have started up businesses or have eventually got successful business and they always say the same thing a lot of them have in common is that they tried multiple things they tried a lot of different avenues and it was eventually the one that stuck <laughs> right or you know because they learned a lot from the mistakes they made on other ones and I think that's I think that's true in every every walk of life to be honest there's a podcast that I listened to the, the way where I cut my teeth on the the doing side of management yep. it's called manager tools okay um, and one of the things that they um, uh, one of the hosts, his name is Mark Horstman, and he would say this frequently. He said, um, good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. That's really good. See, I like it. <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm definitely going to add that one to my Twitter. <laughs> so I think, um, obviously it's an ongoing journey. Um, and it's it's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. And I imagine it's going to be. I imagine it never stops, right? Um, I hope not. Yeah. Um, how can someone track their personal growth and ensure, like, and kind of see that they are improving? Because I think sometimes you, as an individual, find it very hard to notice the change. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I only notice a change in mine is when I'm actually having conversations with colleagues at work and I'm starting to impart knowledge that I've learned through the podcast or through other stuff. And that's where I'm starting to pass that knowledge on. And that's the only time that I reflect and notice mm. that I've changed. Um, and for example, like I'm a, I have a few neural challenges. I am ADHD and I'm slightly bipolar. Mm. So I am quick to judgment and I'm quick to kind of, come to a conclusion on something which Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the positive and um i think in the short time that i've been doing the journey for last year is my fiance even said to me the other day that for one of the first times a long time we had a conversation about something and it was the first time where i hadn't i i'd been too calm she was she was confused by how calm i was Hmm. on the outcome of the conversation and i said i think generally that's because of what I've been learning and trying to self-reflect over the year, but how is there some tools that other people can use um, to reflect? Yeah, there, there are a lot of different ways. I, I think I mentioned often when I start an engagement in coaching, we'll, we will start with a an assessment. Yeah. So there there are formal assessments that you can okay. go through, and then repeating that assessment. So if, if We'll have a six or nine month coaching engagement. Start with an assessment at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You f- figure out what goals you want to work on. And then at the end, take the assessment again. So that's a, a very formal way yeah. to be able to see it. Um, but it doesn't have to be that formal. Uh, for many people, simply the exercise of journaling. Uh, and, I keep and hearing establishing this, yeah. a, a habit of journaling. And I go back and forth on this. Sometimes I am extremely, extremely faithful. I am going to journal absolutely every single day. And mm-hmm. then I'll go for periods and, and not journal at all. And, you know, I, I don't want it to become the um, the dictator. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's a tool to serve me. I'm not serving it. Yeah. But that's, that is another way that you have a written record of this is something that I was struggling with. And you can go back to that journal. I actually have multiple journals, one that's more 
for taking notes in meetings and conversations mm -hmm. and another one that is strictly self-reflection. Okay. For, for whatever reason, I've chosen a red journal, a, a red <laughs> Moleskine journal. And that, well, we could look into my... that another day. <laughs> What's that? We could look into that another day for the meaning. <laughs> I, I have no idea if it means it. It may, it may have just been, it was the one that was on sale at the time. And so that one will be, I'll reserve that one for, for yeah. a personal introspection journal. But, but that's, a, that's another way just to, um, to have an opportunity to look back at what you've documented about how you were feeling over the past. Hmm. An, another way that I'm experimenting with, and it's, it's almost taking a software development strategy and applying okay. it to personal development and that it's it's almost like the a sprint, a scrum like sprint. But for me, I'm still experimenting with this. I have a a form that I've put together. I've I've only been doing this for two weeks, so still early experiment. <laughs> but it's it's writing down very specifically. These are the goals that I want to accomplish in the, in these two weeks. These mm -hmm. are the daily habits that. I expect are going to contribute to accomplishing those goals and then tracking on a day by day basis. How well did I do according to those, to those habits? And after the two weeks, I'm actually reevaluating it because I'm recognizing that there are, even in the goals, we have both output goals and outcome goals Yeah. and habits can contribute more directly to output goals and outcome goals are going to be over a longer period of time. And so my current approach didn't reflect that distinction. And then I have some daily habits that I just want to be a part of who I am. And so those are always there. And then there are other daily habits that are more specific to this two weeks. I didn't have that kind of a distinction yet. Mm -hmm. But something, I mean, if you're really, really looking for... Um, a repeatable way to look and see what kind of progress have I made. Hmm. Having a tracking sheet, uh, I actually made it in Excel and then printed it out so that <laughs> I could have that physical experience of marking the yes or the check. Yeah. And then scribbling notes in different places, things that I've learned of how I want to do things differently for the next two week period. But that that's a way if you're really looking to be What's the word I'm looking for? Not mechanical, but very probably pragmatic. Very, yeah, very, very pragmatic, very logistical. Yeah, um, I think yeah. No, I've I I keep hearing about journaling and this habit tracking. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard it multiple times now <laughs> over the last few months. So um, it's definitely something I need to try. I mm -hmm. um, I've not been. I tr I've tried to have a journal in the past, but I've never been successful. But now with the growth that's going on, maybe it's time to give it a go, another go, see how it goes. Um, awesome. Now, it, I, and I, I would challenge the, the statement, I've never been successful, if I mm -hmm. can. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, you said you've tried a journal. Have, have you written a journal entry? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you've been successful. I've been successful in that sense, yes. <laughs> now, whether it's 
whether it has accomplished what you've wanted to accomplish, or even if you knew what you hoped to accomplish by it. Yeah. Um, that, that might be a different question to explore for a future iteration. Yeah. Yeah. Self-reflection, I think, I think it never had a purpose. So it's never something that became a habit. So it never became in my eyes useful. So <laughs> yeah. In illustration uh, of that difference between being driven to do something yeah. because you read somewhere that it was a good thing to do exactly. versus being drawn yeah. to do it because it's bringing you closer to a goal you want to achieve. Yeah. Awesome. Now, I think that's the perfect place to uh, to wrap up uh, <laughs> the personal growth uh, mm. conversation. But there is there is a lot to unpick in this this area. So maybe hopefully you could come back on another time and we could delve into it a bit more. But um, obviously you've listened to my podcast, <laughs> so you know what's coming. Um, I ask everyone that comes on to recommend a book um, that it doesn't have to be around this area. It could just be your favorite nursery rhyme book from when you were a kid. <laughs> so yeah, do you have any favorites you could recommend? Um. Okay, I, I heard the word favorites. So more than one is okay. Yeah, more than one's fine. Every okay. I, I had someone I think do five. So I've got okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in the area of doing, mm -hmm. I would say James Clear's Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. um, because he does explore that interrelationship between the doing and the being, and yeah. that has been you know, it's 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 not going to be some hidden gem. I mean. A lot of people have probably already heard of that one, but Atomic yeah. Habits is, is a really good one. Great book, yeah. And, and then on the area of being, this is not a mind-blowing, oh my goodness, there's so much insight in here book. But it was, it was fascinating to me just to expand, if we can expand our vocabulary around internal understanding, I think it gives us a lot more flexibility, a lot more fluency in being able to understand internal growth. So uh, Brene Brown recently published a book called Atlas of the Heart. Okay. And it explores the various shades of color of emotion that we experience under different circumstances and then being able to recognize the distinction between different things that we often lump under the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so Atlas of the Heart is, I, I just found to be a, a really fascinating read. Awesome. I will, I've already got Atomic Habits, but I'll definitely be adding the Atlas of the Heart to awesome. the book, bookshelf. Um, and before you go, um, where can everyone find you online? Company website would be northwayinsights.com. Mm -hmm. Also, Northway Insights on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Steve Dwyer, D-W-I-R-E. It's a weird way of spelling it, but um, stevedwyer.com or Steve Dwyer on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Perfect. And all the social media, yeah, I basically it. share the same thing. So Fair enough. <laughs> awesome. You, you go to one, you'll see it all. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Now, obviously, thank you for coming on and I hope that you can come on again in the future um, to talk more about this. But yeah, thank you for taking the time.
All right, and thanks for the invitation, and thank you for your boldness in stepping out in this growth area that's helping a whole bunch of other people. Thank you. Hey, thank you for making it all the way to the end of today's episode. It really means the world to me that you've made it this far. I really do love making these episodes. I would love to make even more. So please, if you have two minutes to spare, can you share this podcast on your social media sites or even point it to a guest you think would be great to come onto the show? And if you are one of those guests and want to come on, please reach out at contact at techleadershipdecodedpodcast.com. And until next time, have a great day and I'll see you soon. Bye.